Hey guys, my name's Scott Niemeyer and I'm the lead pastor here at High Point Church. I wanna welcome you to our podcast. We hope that you are inspired and encouraged by the word today. Let's jump in and let's get started. God, I thank you for today's word. God, thank you that we have this opportunity uh, to be able to be together in your presence. And God, we thank you for your word. God, your word is so quick and sharp and powerful, God. And we thank you for this opportunity that, that God, whenever we come together, uh, God, that we open up our hearts and you implant something in our heart, God, through your word. We thank you for that. God, I thank you that faith will rise up in people's lives today when they hear the word. God, I thank you that faith will move us into a place of action so that we can do the things, God, that you're calling us to do. We thank you for those things right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. I'm going to talk to you just for a couple of minutes on the subject of running your race. I want to encourage you to run your race. And uh, when you think about that, uh, I was thinking about racing over the last couple of days because I've been tuned into the Olympics. Some of you guys have been watching the Olympics, anybody? Okay. Glad I got the right message today. I love to do that to you guys because y'all are like, yeah, whatever, okay. Uh, so I've been watching the Olympics and uh, man, they got some great, obviously, competitions out there. They have some new competitions this year that uh, I was unaware of. Did, did you know that they're actually playing three-on-three basketball now? Have y'all have y'all seen this competition? I don't know if you guys have seen this. Man, the American ladies team is dominating. I mean, I watched them play, I think, Mongolia uh, this week and they didn't have a chance, man, but uh, USA was looking good on that. But I kind of begin to think about this this whole competition thing and, and the idea of the Olympics. And I love to see people, um, in, you know, in their competitive nature and they're, they're pushing forward to gain a prize. And of course, for the Olympics, the prize is the gold medal, right? It's the, it's the first place prize. It's, it's, it's the, the pinnacle of greatness all around the world in your specific sport. It is the gold medal. And I begin to think about how if we're to run our race, that all of us have a race to run, much like the Olympians. Now, the Olympians, are, they're doing it in a specific area. Uh, but I want you to know that your life is a race. Some of you guys, are, maybe that's the first time you've heard that. But the Word of God actually compares our life to a race a couple of different places. And I'm going to pull these places out today. Uh, but your life is a race. And I want to encourage you today to run your race well. I want to try to empower you. I want to try to uh, encourage you to be able to look at your life and say, you know, take an honest look and say, how am, I, how am I living my life? How am I moving forward in my life? How am I running my race? If I was to, to look at, at, at my life, what, would I be good enough to be able to, to excel, to be able to reach the prize? And you know, before you, you kind of go too far down that line, let me give you a key verse here that I believe uh, is going to be somewhat of a foundational piece for us where we can kind of really put our feet down on this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. It says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs? That's the first thing I want you to see is that everybody here, we're in a race and everybody's running. Whether you know it or not, whether you're running fast or you're running slow or whether you are, you know, you're, you're kind of taking a break or maybe you're, you're subbing in or subbing out, everybody's in a race and, and, and your life is a race. You are, you are trying to obtain the ultimate prize. So it says, but only one person gets the prize. So run 
to win. That's the one thing I love about the Olympics is everybody there is not like lackadaisical. You know, they're not like, well, I made it to the Olympics. I'm going to give yeah, maybe 40% on this race, you know, see how it goes. They're not like that at all. They all have the same mentality of I have traveled all, over, all across the world to get to one place so that I can win this. So I'm going I'm to compete in such a way that I'm going to win. Verse number 25, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So you can begin to see where the parallel takes a different direction here. So it says the athletes, they're disciplined in their training. We can pick something up from that. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we, we're different. We do it to win a prize. It's an eternal prize. So I, I run with purpose in every step. I love the thought of that. I run with purpose in every step. That every step that you take in your life is a step of intentionality. It's a step of purpose. It's a step of going a certain direction, trying to go for the certain prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. I love that. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So the idea is that we're all running a race. And your race looks a little bit different than my race maybe, but we're all in the race called life. And we have a choice to be running that for a temporary prize, or we have a choice to be running it for an eternal prize. And I love the fact that God sets it up to where we are to run our race for the eternal prize. Here's the big question though. If we're gonna do this for an eternal prize, we're going to do it God's way for God's prize. For if, if we're going to do that, like, what does that look like? And what is God's standard for the race? So the goal of me telling you to run your race well is I want to give you some things that can help you. I want to I impart some tools into your life. I want to I let you know that God doesn't just give you this, this idea of, hey, you know what? You're, you're going to be great at, at this race and just go on and do a good job and slap you on the rear end and get you out there into life. No, God, he, he's like, listen, I've, I've given my word. And my word is, is like a playbook. And my word is going to allow you to be able to know what to do and how to do it and when to do it and, and, and what you should say and what you shouldn't say and, and where you should go and what you shouldn't, where you shouldn't go and, and, and what you're supposed to be sowing into and what you shouldn't be sowing into and all these different things. He'll begin to, to give you this playbook, which is the word of God. So the big question is, what is the standard for the race? And the answer is this, it is faith, complete trust and confidence in God. Now, I, I am a... I'm a faith preacher. I don't know if you guys ever heard that term or not, but I grew up in a type of church that would be referred to as a word of faith movement. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that or not. And so I grew up around the concept of faith, faith being the standard, faith being the currency. And it's all throughout the word of God. And, and one of the things that I think so often we can do is we can, we can leave out this component of faith and we're trying, to, we're trying to run our race, trying to, to live our life for God, but yet we do it in a, in a temporary, carnal way, and we're, we're missing out on this powerful thing that God calls faith. So I want to encourage you 
to kind of open up your heart to how faith works and what God's standard is and that it's complete trust and confidence in who he is. And let me just say this, before you get too worried about are you running your race well or not, let me just say this, that God is on your side. And let me tell you this, God is a winner. God is, he, he's already figured out the best way for you to do it. Now, what you have to do is you have to be a good athlete, discipline your body, listen to your coach, which is the Holy Spirit, and allow him to move you in the direction so that you can live your life and run your race well. Isn't that good? So here's a, let me kind of give you some, kind of a walk through the Bible in Hebrews about faith and a couple of different places in, in the Bible. But if you want to look at uh, faith in the New Testament, there is a chapter called the, the Hall of Fame of Faith. It's in, it's in Hebrews chapter 11. And it actually talks about lots of Old Testament characters and how they operated in faith. Then it ties it into where we are in the New Covenant in the New Testament. And so I want to encourage you to go there and study this, but let me just read a couple of verses to you because we know that this faith now is God's standard, so we got to figure out more about what faith is. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. How many of you guys ever hoped for something before? Nobody hopes for anything anymore? Y'all okay? How many of y'all hoping for a better year this year than last year? Okay. Anybody hoping for another pandemic? No? Okay, just making sure you guys got some hope in y'all's life, all right? I mean, you know, we're, we're hoping for great things in our life. We're hoping for good things. We're hoping for a better year. We're hoping for better health. We're hoping for a better marriage. We're, we're hoping. So faith, though, shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. So for some of you, you'll get lost right there on that statement. You're like, what do you mean evidence of things I can't see? I don't believe in things I can't see. Well, ha have you ever seen God? We've never actually tangibly seen him. Like, But how many of you know we have seen him because we can walk outside and we can see the trees and the grass and the air and the birds and people. And you have to know that God is you know, omniscient. You know, he, he's all powerful. He's, he's all encompassing. He's everything. So it says, it is this faith that gives us evidence of the things that we can't see. It is that hope, that, that faith on the inside of you that gives you something tangible that you can't see yet. Now here's the crazy thing. I believe that whenever we begin to understand more about faith, we'll begin to be more successful in our race. So faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence, gives evidence to the case of things that we cannot see. Skip down to verse number 11, Hebrews 11, 6. I'm sorry, verse 6. And it is impossible to please God without faith. I don't know about you, but this is where it gets very real for me in my walk with God, is he begins to be very specific here about how important faith is for us. In fact, he says, it's impossible to be pleasing to God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists, I love that, and that he rewards those who, who sincerely or diligently seek him. So the first question that I have is, if without faith it's impossible to be pleasing to God, then how do I get faith? 
I mean, I understand what it is, Pastor. You're saying it's the substance of things we hope for and the evidence of things that we can't see. I, I understand what you're saying. You're, you're painting this picture of what it is. And now the, the next verse says, hey, listen, without it, we can't even be pleasing to God in my life. Like, so how do I get it, Pastor? How, how do I get faith? And Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing. Everybody say hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of God, hearing the word of God. So every time that you open up the Bible, every time you open up your Bible app, every time you come to church and you let me open up the Bible and we, we study the Bible together, every time you're in small group and you're sitting in a circle and not in a row and you're talking to each other and you're studying the Bible together, every time these things are happening, the Bible says this, that any time that you hear the word of God, that faith can come to you. In fact, right now, whether you know it or not, because I am using the word of God in what I'm talking about today, faith is actually coming to your heart. Why? Because the word of God does not return void. It, 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 it absolutely is the truth. It, it absolutely is, 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 is going to happen the way that it says it's going to happen because it's God. It's God's words. So let's talk, let's talk about this for a second. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, so many times you may have thought that I'm coming into a natural building, doing a natural thing, and I'm getting a natural result. But the Bible says whenever we come together as, as believers and we come to church or we come to church and we're just seeking and we're trying to figure out, man, what's my next step? What am I supposed to do next for God? And you know, what, 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 is, what does God mean to me? And you're exploring this new concept of God maybe in your life. But understand this, when you come into the house of God, whether it's in a school or it doesn't matter what the building looks like, the people make up the church. And so when you begin to understand this, when we come together like this and the word of God is being given out, that faith is an operation and you have the ability to receive faith inside your life. Now, if you think that the Bible is just a book, then you're missing out on the spiritual impact that it can have for you. It's not just a book. It's the only book that you can read from cover to cover more than one time, go to a specific scripture, read that same scripture a thousand times and get a thousand different revelations from it. It is the only book that is alive. There's one, it's God's word. It's alive, it's moving, it, it has action to it, 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 it it's, it's developing, it's, it's showing you something different every single time because it's God-inspired, it's inspired, and the Holy Spirit's delivering it to you even today. So when you come to church, it's not like, hey, man, let me go get a good word. Pastor, I hope you studied well this week because I ain't been studying at all, and I really need something good from you this week. Let me tell you right now, I tell you every week, I'm not trying to keep you as baby Christians. My job as your pastor is to develop you into a believer. To develop you into a disciple. To develop you into somebody that can go outside of this building and then you can duplicate what I've taught you. <laughs> Y'all not very loud on that one. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing. You don't have to get up in front of people and speak like I do. You just got to live your life right. The best witness is you being who you are in the life of other people. 
And I'm going to give you some, some things here where we can make that a little bit more tangible. So how do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. James 2, 26, let me give you another piece to the faith puzzle. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Now here's where it gets a little bit more tangible. So without faith, impossible to please God. How do I get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And now it's saying that with faith, if there is no action to your faith, if you don't walk out your faith, that your faith is dead. So faith without action is dead. And so I put it in there this way in your notes, if you're taking notes, faith always requires action. If you're believing God for something, you should move that direction. How many of you guys ever heard of like praying and, and just praying? How many of you know praying's good? We should never stop praying. You should pray. You should talk to God. But I'm going to tell you what happens whenever God, you talk to God. I'm going to tell you what, what's going to begin to happen. In the beginning, when you first, you know, make a, a decision to reconcile yourself back to God and you say, you know what, I, I'm going I'm to try this Christian thing out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this church thing out. I'm going to try this God thing out. When you first do that, you'll begin to, you'll begin to think in the beginning that it's all about the no's. All about the things you can't do anymore. You can't do this, you can't do that. No, 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 no. Because in your mind, you may have a preconceived idea that serving God is not a lot of fun. It's just about a bunch of rules that you're not going to be able to do anymore. But in reality, it's not that at all. In reality, he will begin to show you things in your life that you probably shouldn't be doing anymore. But that's the Holy Spirit convicts you of that. When he convicts you of that, you make the decision to go further in your walk with God and you just, you just put that thing aside and you just keep moving. God never expected you to be perfect. And the Bible actually teaches this, but if you live based on a set of rules, you're never gonna have relationship. You have to have relationship with God. That's why there is action. So when you talk to God, what's gonna happen is he's eventually gonna start telling you to do stuff. So it's not going to be about the no's anymore, like, oh, I can't do that, I can't do that. No, it's not going to be about that. That stuff's going to pass away real, real quick because you're going to get the right mentality of I'm just falling in love with Jesus. And when you fall in love with Jesus, he'll begin to work the details out. Don't overcomplicate it. He'll begin to work the details out. But eventually, he's going to start talking to you in your relationship with him because faith is coming to you because you're hearing his words. And as faith comes to you, there's going to, he's going to put a demand upon your faith. Y'all okay today? Y'all want me to go back a couple of steps? We can, we're venturing out into junior high now. Y'all okay? So when he talks to you, he'll begin to start asking you to do things for him. How do y'all think I got up here? I mean, honestly, have you ever thought about that? Like, how do you think I got up here? At some point, God began to deal with me about doing something for somebody else. To use the giftings that he placed inside my life to turn it into a purpose so that I can do something to help somebody else. Well, it's no different for me than it is for you. 
Now, your path and your journey, your race may not look like this. It might, but it may not look like this. But it's going to look, it's going to parallel it in the, in the regards that God is going to speak to your heart about beginning to do some things. And whenever he begins to speak to your heart about doing some things, then you have, let me tell you how it works. Because I've seen it work like this. I'm talking about tons of times. He's going to begin to ask you to do something. And if you respond, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to respond. He's going to, he's going to move through you in that situation. And it's usually going to require something natural. And you're going, to, you're going to take care of a situation. You're going to love on somebody. You're going to give somebody an encouraging word. You're going to get on the dream team and start helping the church to reach the area. You're going to do something in your life. You're going to reach out to the person that sits next to you at work. You're going, to, you're going to, you know, start trying to have dialogue with somebody, you know, that maybe one of your customers. Whatever it is, you're going to start reaching out in some level. And as you begin to reach out, you're going to begin to see that God is using you to run your race, but part of your race is to help somebody else. And when you begin to get that down, it'll, number one, be a rush. It'll be a rush like you've never had before. It'll be a high like you've never had before. It'll give you fulfillment like you've never had before because you'll begin to step into what God has called you to do. Now here's the next piece because I've seen it happen tons of times because whatever y'all think, I miss it all the time. I miss it. I have actually seen God tell me to do something for somebody me try to talk myself out. How many of you guys have ever done that before? Let me tell you what you will do. You'll begin to talk yourself out of it because I'm, I'm totally off my notes. Y'all okay for right now? How much time we got? I'll get you guys out of here about two or three. We'll be all right. I'm kidding. I'll be done in 10, 15 minutes. We'll be good. I have seen where I have talked myself out of it because I begin to say, they're going to think this way about me if I do that. They're going to think this way about me if I say that. Sometimes God wants you to do things that are going to make people really comfortable. Every once in a while, if you have a relationship with somebody, he may ask you to do something that makes somebody uncomfortable. I don't like that. Here's the crazy thing, though. He's trying to speak to your heart. Faith is rising up. Faith without works is dead. So he's trying to get you to move an action in faith, and he's trying to get you to be able to say, you know what, I'm running my race. Now, God, speak to me because I want to be used by you. And I'm telling you right now, it is the craziest thing. When you start doing this, your life will, it, it'll change forever. It, it will revolutionize your life with God, your, your race. And you'll begin to realize, okay, now God has a system and a currency of how he does things, and I'm figuring out how to get into that system and that currency. It's beginning to make sense for me now. Let me give you a couple things to help you because I want to get through this. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. And this is just talking about faith, and it's going to talk about some additional qualities that can help you. It says, for this very reason, make every effort. Everybody say every effort. Everybody say every effort. <laughs> if you're at home, everybody say every effort. Every effort. Every effort, don't make some effort, 
How many of y'all know? Remember, the Olympians, they're not showing up in Tokyo be like, I'm going to give us about 40%, see what happens. I mean, for four years, five years now, because they couldn't do it last year, for five years they've been practicing what they're about to do, and it's only going to take them a little while. They're, they're running, they're about to run their race. And when they're there to do it, they are there to win. They are making every effort, not like some effort. They're making every effort. I love this. Make every effort to add to your faith. So remember, I'm, I've already talked to you about faith. So make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control. There's a good one. To self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. I love this in verse number eight. For if you possess these qualities, if you in your race possess these qualities, listen to how he says this, in increasing measure, by saying increasing measure. So if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will, this is the promise, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you possess these qualities, reluctantly, there's no promise that goes with that. But if you make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love, if you'll add these qualities, then all of a sudden you'll become effective, you'll become productive in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm trying to give you some tools now to put with your faith. How does faith get feet? How does faith get action? Well, let's, here's some qualities we can add. And these are qualities that you need to be living out in your life. The first one is goodness. Everybody say goodness. That's like self, that's not selfishness, that's selflessness. That's like putting other needs before your own. You're being good to other people. Second one is knowledge. Knowledge is simply practical understanding of something. I think it's important that we try to have a practical understanding of God's word. Have a practical understanding of what your race is supposed to look like. Have a practical understanding of like, how does this apply to me? When, when Pastor Scott gets up there and tells me to have faith in my life and has encouraged me to, to, to run my race, how do I leave on Sunday and go on somewhere on Monday and allow that to, to penetrate my heart? How do, I, how do I practically do that? You gotta have an understanding of that. It's knowledge. Self-control, that's very simple. Be in control of your behavior. How many of you guys ever missed that before? How many of you ever said something you wish you wouldn't have said? I do that all the time. Pastor Kelly does a little bit more often than me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> See how I talk big when she ain't here? <laughs> Baby, if you're watching, I'm just kidding. Nobody's laughing. Now, trust me. <laughs> self-control. I mean, you know, self-control, that's a big one. Run your race well, have some self-control. How many know the athletes at the Olympics, they have some self-control. Their bodies are disciplined to do what they're, they're asking their bodies to do. There's, there's self-control. Perseverance. What is perseverance? That's where you keep doing what God's called you to do even when it gets difficult. Perseverance. Add that quality to your life. Godliness. Godliness. What is that? Like, be, be devoted. 
Be, be devout to God's way of doing things. We, we, when you begin to understand that it's no longer you that liveth, but it's Christ that lives in you, it's pretty easy. One, translate, one, one scripture in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 1, it says to be an imitator of God. But it's really who you are, and you're trying to figure out who you are. But he's saying, possess this quality of godliness. Mutual affection. That's like brotherly love, brotherly kindness. Like have mutual affection for other people. How many of you have ever been on the highway, been cut off by somebody, they've been honked at by somebody, maybe somebody was on their phone and almost hit you? How many of you have ever just responded in a godly way before? How many of y'all respond like, bless you, brother? Oh, my sister. God, just bless her today. Help her with her makeup and her cell phone call. As she puts on her eyeliner and texts somebody and sends an email and drives. God, just bless her. <laughs> How many of y'all do that? How many of y'all like, bleep? <laughs> How many of y'all point him to Jesus? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> okay. Just so you know, sometimes it might be your pastor. So next time you point somebody to Jesus, say, you know what, maybe I'm flipping off Pastor Scott. I don't know. <laughs> Mutual affection, brotherly kindness. Jesus says it very, very simple. Love God with all your heart, but love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. Like, be nice to people. Love people. It's not that hard. Well, you don't know. No, I don't. But I know what works is love. Well, you don't know what they did. I, no, I don't, but, but love them. Well, you don't know what they said. No, no, love them. Well, you don't know what they think about them. Love them. Which brings us to the last thing, which actually is love. And, of course, that is an action word. So let me give you real quick four things in closing. How to run with purpose. I'm going to give you just real quick how to run with purpose. Number one, so if you're going to run your race, run it with faith, you're going to have these qualities in increasing measure. You're going to make every effort to possess these qualities. But here's how you run with purpose. Number one, you have got to spend some time with God. I'm glad that you come to church. I want you to come to church. Invite some people to come with you. We have a good church. The Word of God is preached here. We're going to give people an opportunity to be able to, to open up their life to the Lord. Well, we're going to try to get them in a small group where they can have some life change. We're going to try to help them put their marriage back together. We're going to try to help them with their kids. We're going, we're going to try to help them with all these things. We got a good church, but I'm going to tell you right now, you got to be able to, you got to spend some time in the word. You, you can't just take my, my word for it. You got to spend some time in the word. Hebrews 11, verse number three, by faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. How many of you guys ever read Genesis before? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God. Y'all remember that? And on the first day he did this and the second day he did this. How did he create everything that we see? He spoke the word. So if you have to understand this, that God's words have creative ability, that when he says something, he's creating something. So if he says something in his word, he's not a man that he can lie. He creates it, it becomes reality. So he, he's creating things with his, so he says, by faith, so how do we understand that? Like, we, don't, we can't do that, do, can we? 
Maybe. So by faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen, what we can see in the world, all the things, people, trees, birds, plants, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. What does that mean? That God has this creative ability and the things that we see, they were not made by other things that we can see. They are made by words. They're made by his spoken word. And when God speaks, it becomes reality. Well, here's the, here's the thing though. So when we spend time with God and we hide God's word inside of our heart, now we can speak his words. And now the words that we have have power in them because they're not our words, they're his words. And you want your, your situation to change, begin to get some faith on the inside of you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Spend some time in the word. And you'll begin to change situations based upon what you see. Y'all okay today? All right, I'm going to go. We've got three more points. Y'all, can y'all make it? Number two is this. You've got to spend some time with God. Don't just spend time in his word. Spend some time talking to him. Crazy thing about a relationship relationships only work when there's two-way communication. If you don't think I know what I'm talking about, go home and talk to your spouse and tell them what to do. And as soon as they try to open their mouth and say something back, say, nope, 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 don't want to hear it. Well, you say it's not important. Nope. La, 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 la. No, no. No, no, I, I don't want to hear it. Try that and see how well your relationship goes. And that's also a good way to fill up the marriage small group in the fall. In case you're looking for that. Relationships are two-way communication. If you think that prayer and spending time with God is just you talking to God, then you are missing more than half of it. He wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to your heart. He wants to tell you. Whenever faith rises up, he's not going to be like, here's the faith and good luck, buddy. He'll give you direction. He'll speak to your heart about what you're supposed to do and when you're supposed to do it and how you're supposed to do it. God's that good to us. So we're going to spend time with God. Hebrews 11, 5 and 6. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that, the, that it, so that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. So he's talking about an Old Testament story here in the New Testament. And he's talking about how Enoch was taken up from the earth, like in a world when he was taken up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. So before this thing happened in his life, and don't get hung up on what happened, understand that before God moved in his life, he was under the impression that he was being pleasing to God. Now, how, do, how, do we, how are we pleasing to God? We have faith. Verse number six, and without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Everybody say he is. He is. People just skip over that part. They think that whoever's writing this was stuttering. 
You must believe that he is and that he is. He's going to say it twice to make it more profound. That he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And that's true. Like, he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. But don't miss how it's, how it's written. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. He is. He is what? No, he is. He is what? Whatever you need. He is what? No, he is. Like what? How, how do I make that tangible? No, he is. If you can think it, he is it. If you can understand it, he is it. If you can see anything, he is it. He is God. That he is and that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. So the first he is is a noun. The second he is is a verb. So he is because he is. And the Old Testament says, I am that I am. No, but who are you? No, I am. No, no but like, who are you? No, no, I am. But, but no, no, I am. Am, just am. I am. He is. He is a rewarder of those that seek him. We got to spend time with God so that we can allow this faith to rise up on the inside of us. Number three, I just put this down. Run your race. How do you run with purpose? You got to get some faith out there and you got to start doing something for God. Begin to run your race. Quit sitting on the sidelines. Quit being a spectator. You know, life is not a spectator sport, all those things. Listen, get in the game. Begin to run your, your race and don't just do things for a temporary prize. Do them for an eternal prize. Somewhere in your life, begin to say, you know what? How can I do something in my life where I'm operating and stepping out in faith? And the great thing about that is the church gives you the opportunity to be able to do that on a weekly basis. Love that. Here we go. Hebrews 11, 8 through 9, verses 8 through 9. By faith, Abraham, that's the father of many. We talked about him last week. When he was called, obeyed. So God called Abraham to go do something. So it says when he was called, he obeyed by going out. Everybody say going. Going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. So God had told him about to give you something. I've got something for you. I'm going to make you the father of many. He's got all this going on. And so Abraham didn't just sit there. He didn't just pray. I mean, you know, sometimes we can pray till we're blue in the face, but until we start putting some feet to our faith, nothing's ever going to happen. I'm trying to help you in your walk with God here. Run your race. So he says, he obeyed by going out to the place where he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going, verse number nine, but by faith, everybody say by faith. He lived as an alien in the land of promise. So he lived in a foreign place which was the land of promise. In a, in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. So what I'm trying to get you to see in here is you're gonna run your race by having a relationship with God, hearing him speak to your heart, and then going to do what he's told you to do. Let me tell you right now, even when you can't see it. Even when you can't see it. Most of the time, it's when you can't see it. Otherwise, it's not faith, it's just you. Okay, let me move on. Number four, last thing. Have the voice of a winner. 
to run your race with purpose, have the voice of a winner. Don't walk through life and talk negatively. Like, man, everything in my life is going horrible. My kids are bad. My wife don't love me. My husband don't love me. My house is dirty. My dog's the ugliest dog at the dog park. My dog don't listen to my commands. I mean, just blah, blah, my, my life is horrible. Quit talking like a loser. Let me just help you. Quit talking like a loser. Start talking like a winner. You're on the winning team. You're running your race, you're on the winning team. Start talking like a winner. Romans 4, 17, last verse. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Another translation says this, he calls things that are not as though they are. That's faith talk. That's winter talk. That's the Olympians jumping in the swimming pool and be like, we're about to go win gold. That's the three-on-three basketball team like, we're about to put it on Mongolia. That's, that's, the, that's the, the runner, the athlete running the race with a cause. And they're thinking, they're, they're saying, listen, I'm a winner and I'm going to be a winner. So I want to encourage you, begin to have positive talk. People in the world, they think they came up with that. Self-help, positive talk. There's gurus, all kind of stuff out there. Here's the, here's the breaking news. God created it. Call things that are not as though they are. Whatever it is in your life that you're believing God for, begin to call those things that are not as though they are. Have some, some faith talk, some winning talk. You say, Pastor Scott, why, why do that? Well, number one, the Word of God says to do it. Number two, though, I believe whenever you say and do what the Word of God is saying and doing, that faith becomes perpetual. You ever seen a snowball pick up steam? Like, nope, it's 100 degrees outside, Pastor. We don't have snow here. Bad illustration. It's the same type of concept, though. Faith, word, the word comes. I hear it, I receive faith. Spending time with God, he's talking to me about what I'm supposed to do in my life. I'm acting out on that faith. God's using me to do something amazing. Sometimes in your own life, sometimes in somebody else's life. But he's using you to do something amazing. Now you're on this hive like, oh my gosh, God, use me. Then he speaks again. You get more faith. And this time around the mountain, when he asks you to do something, it's a little bit easier. Why? Because you saw what he did last time. And then you hear the testimony of that. And you got, you got good talk going on. And all of a sudden, faith comes back to you. And before you know it, God is using you to change your world. To change the world around you. Because of faith. And today, I just want to encourage you. I just want to challenge you. When you sit down and you turn on NBC and you watch the Olympics, I want you to remember, listen, you are a winner. Run your race in such a way as to win the prize. What's the prize? 
The prize is, is that you get to spend eternity with him. That's the prize. You get to spend eternity with him. And here's the great thing. Let's see how many people we can take with us. Let's see how many people we can impact. Let's see how many families we can change. Let's see how many marriages we can turn around. Let's see how many young people we can get turned on to the things of God. Let's see how many businesses in this area we can, they can flourish because they're putting God number one. Let's see what God can do in us and through us. Let's run our race. Bow your head, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you right now, God, for your word. I thank you, God, that if I said anything, God, that sent anybody in the wrong direction, God, that they would just lose that right now. But I thank you right now, God, that your word is strong and sharp and powerful. And God, I thank you that I believe that faith has come to our lives right now. God, I thank you that people are gonna make a move towards you today in their walk with you. God, we thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. If you don't mind, just stand up on your feet right where you are, just all over the building. Just stand up real quick. What song are we gonna do? Holy ground. I want to pray for you. First of all, this, just bow your head, just right where you are. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Scott, I'd like to make, I'd like to know who God is. I don't know him and I want to know him. If that's you, you want to come into relationship with the Lord, just raise your hand up right where you are. Just raise your hand up. Thank you. All right, now, if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Scott, I really do want to run my race and I want to run it so that I can receive that prize. And you feel like that the, the word of God spoke to your heart somewhere today that maybe you need to be doing something other than what you've been doing. If that's you, just as a sign of moving to action, just raise your hand up right where you are. Thank you. Thank you so much. God's, God's moving you in a different direction. I love that, in a new direction pulling you further up the mountain. Come on. I love it. I'd like everybody to say this prayer. Say, Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you, God, for your goodness. God, I say today that I choose you. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. You're everything to me. God, help me to run my race and to run it well. God, I give you my life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this message, we wanna encourage you to subscribe and to also share it on social media. You can always jump over to our website, myhighpointchurch.com, click the giving link, what that does is it helps us to continue to share the message of Jesus Christ across the world. God bless you and remember, you can do all things through Christ.